Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. I am pleased to introduce you to the co-founders of Lady Suite, Therese Clark and Cassandra Mischler. Lady Suite is an intimate skincare line for women. It is truly the place where skincare gets intimate. They solve common intimate skin struggles for women, ranging from periods to menopause with a plant-based doctor-approved care. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with these ladies because they are having conversations around things that are not talked about, that need to be spoken about. They're solving problems for women that have been brushed under the carpet, that have been chalked up to a multitude of different things. So they are literally changing the world for women. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back. I am super excited because this is the first time I've actually had a podcast with two amazing women. I'm like sitting here full body chills, and I literally cannot wait to share these m- most amazing women with you. So let's make sure I don't mess this up since I've never introduced two people at once. Bear with me if I fumble here, but I would love to introduce you to the dynamic co-founders or founders, two of them, of Lady Sweet. So Therese Clark and Cassandra Nickler, warm welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. I'm thrilled to be sitting here and having this conversation with you today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, Hi, I'm Cassandra. I am the co-founder of Lady Suite. I recently joined Teresa's team within the last year, and we're super grateful to be here. Oh, so excited to have this conversation. See, I told you this was going to be fun introducing two people at once. It was my first time. So thanks for bearing with me, guys. <laughs> So since we're here, this is the question is for both of you, because we go here in the super expander, we just go super deep, straight off of the cuff. So either one of you can chime in first. It makes no difference. But the question is, who are you deep down to your core? So some one of you just dive in and take it. I mean, I still feel like this is this is such a great question because I still don't know exactly who I am deep down to the core. I think I'm someone as I've like really always felt this someone that's always wanted to do big things um big move mountains and what I realize is in my journey that moving mountains is for the the purpose of women and women's health and women's advocacy I didn't realize how hard that would be (laughs) but um yeah so I think I just I'm someone who never wanted to be ordinary or average whatever that means 
Um, and I think in that it's, it's where this like really big push in me comes from to do, do big things and do them for, for women. So I love this question because as people start to, at first, I think it's like, it throws you off a little bit. And then as you actually start to open up and verbalize who you are down at your core, there is this direct connection to the things that we're doing like in our life for our life's work. And I can see it already taking hold. So Cass, dive in and share us with us exactly who, who you are. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a fun question. So I'm definitely a natural born leader. Um, I've played that role ever since I was a little kid, kind of creating experiences and memories for all. Um, and that's kind of carried throughout my career over, you know, all of the years. And I also just love dot connecting. Um, so that's just like a really amazing journey that I've been on meeting different leaders and entrepreneurs and mentors all around the world and kind of connecting the gaps um, in helping lead conversations. So that is a, a talent, which actually, that, as soon as you said a dot connector, it made me think of Steve Jobs' favorite, mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it backward. But as I'm listening to you, I feel that there's a skill because you can actually, like when you're standing as a visionary and you're connecting people and gaps in marketplaces, especially, or in relationships and networks that could come together, that, that quote isn't exactly true. <laughs> yes. So connecting the two of you and your superpowers and who you are deep down at your core, let's like roll that straight into Lady Sweet and this really powerful vision that is coming together and supporting women and really just changing the conversation about women's health. Yeah. Thanks for that. For that. Um, Lady Sweet, like I didn't wake up one day and was like full buzz and vaginas. Like that's just not what happened. Um, but I think from an early age, I realized the power of wellness, um, skincare, makeup, beauty, all of those things. My mom was actually is a, a retired labor delivery nurse and she's, you know, I'm half Asian, half Caucasian. And she had five of us running around the house and she worked nights to be with us during the day. But what would happen was she'd go to work with her makeup on and was nice. And then she'd come home with it all off and was kind of not nice. And so really um, kind of like a tough, scary mom, I'll just say it. But um, it was my job to get that makeup back on her face. <laughs> and also like I'd play with her stuff when she was gone and it made me feel um, like there was magic in the, in the bottle, the way things smelled or touched or it made me feel sensual or in my feminine. Um, and so I got into beauty pretty early on, first as a makeup artist, then as a product developer. Here I am 23 developing products for brands like Hourglass Cosmetics and, you know, different skincare brands that kind of came into my, my world, including women, um, pregnant women. Um, and I realized, you know, even though I knew a lot about ingredients, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, you know, what vitamin C was truly doing to the skin and, if the other ingredients inside of it were helpful, helpful or harmful. Um, and so it wasn't until I had my own health issues. Um, I had an undiagnosed thyroid condition made worse by medication and grooming that didn't stop at the skin on my face to my chest. It went all the way down to 
the more intimate parts, your, your vulva area, which we'll get into terminology later, I'm sure. Um, so here I am, like, almost like I, I went into like this perimenopause um, in my 20s and needed solutions for redness, you know, ingrowns, those kinds of things, but also like my skin hurt. And um, so things like sex, no thanks. Um, I'm an athlete. So like even like running anymore or, or getting on, you know, we're on Pelotons now, like banging it out. <laughs> and like that, that didn't, you know, that wasn't fun back then. And, but I realized, you know, the doctors would put me on like things like steroids and the drugstores were full of crap, just ingredients that were just so terrible for us. So that's when I knew I had to do something better. Um, and that's kind of what started this whole vision of Lady Sweet. And so long story short, Lady Sweet really is a, a brand for women. We're breaking stigmas through plant-based doctor-approved care, but we're also coupling that with you know, smarter education, real conversations, being really connected to each other and to the community to be able to share stories that are not in your science book or your medical journal. I, I love that because just even normalizing or making the term vulva a household term that you can say without the stigma or like, oh, this hush hush, I'm all for it, here for it. Yeah, I was like, when Cass came on board, who is just so open, you know, it's rare for like an investor to just be like, yeah, let's do this, like right out the gate. But um, she, you know, I was telling her like most times I would pitch at the very beginning, a lot of people would say, like, think Volvo is a Swedish car. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not a Volvo. Um, so it's just things like that. It's just makes it that much more like, I want to push this harder because it needs so much education and normalization, but I also like go up again against a lot of roadblocks too. I could only imagine. So you're breaking ceilings all over the place in this conversation. <laughs> and probably breaking friendships and, they, and like old family trees, like, because some people just don't even want to, like, ah, you know, they just want to put their hands over their ears, but hopefully we're changing that. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit more. Tell us. Tell the audience a little bit more about the products that are inside of Lady Sweet. Like what, let, let's dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so the products, you know, a continuation of like kind of that story. I was mentored by a biochemist who was trying to cure women's cancer and he's has 32 patents and he's been in our industry for a long time, but you don't really find people like this that easily. They're, they're really doing the heavy research for big companies like L'Oreal or like Pharma or like, you know, Aveda, even he was on the board of Aveda. And um, he basically took me under his wing and he said, um, if you want to do this, you need to smarten up. And this was for a, a brand I started prior to Lady Suite, which was a medically validated probiotic skincare brand. And probiotics are kind of been a buzzword for a long time since like the Activia commercials with like Jamie Lee Curtis. But um, so it's now they're more mainstream back that versus back then when I, we were playing with them in skincare. And essentially, you know, what we're trying to do is stimulate the skin's ability to better protect itself. Um, and so when you're able to do that, not only does it look better, I mean, in this context of this brand, we don't really, I mean, some people care about aesthetics, but really it's, about wellness and ensuring that the skin can repair itself. And when the skin's intact, it can also defend against unwanted 
situations, things like unwanted bacteria that actually can are linked to more vaginal infections. So like the external is really important to the health of the internal. So we use ingredients like, you know, we call them pro microbiome ingredients and your microbiome is basically, I'll just, you know, dumb this down a little bit. It's like essentially the science of good bacteria. We have a lot of good bacteria working in our favor. Um, and then we have a lot of unwanted bacteria trying to break it all down and control our systems, including our skin. And this is the first line of defense. Um, so when we think of our intimate parts, we usually don't think of them as, you know, a, a part of our immune system. We think of them as like where babies are supposed to come from or like pleasure centers. But for a lot of women, this is not a pleasure center. Um, there are a lot of struggles that happen down here everywhere, anything from pH um, disruptions like odor, buildup bacteria that creates odor, um, um, vaginal infections, ingrown hairs to skin degradation, sex pain. Um, we've all probably in, um, sitting right now can think of some times where we probably were like, what the F is happening down there? And I can't talk about it and I just hope it passes. But for there's a lot of women that um, can't stop thinking about it because it's chronic. Um, yeah, so that's, so what we're trying to do is give the skin what it loses over time in a way that doesn't create an inflammatory response or make something worse. And unfortunately, there's a lot of products out there that can make the damage worse. Um, you might get relief for like two weeks and then all of a sudden it starts working against you. And unfortunately, skincare is not a perfect science, but we're so attuned to the science side of the specialized area that we're, we're trying to do better for, for this category. I never prior to our conversation originally, like just a, a couple of weeks back, that even really thought that you needed a skincare regime for down mm -hmm. or down there to the nether regions. So let's kind of open up that conversation, like how that came to be that, because I mean, for a long time, I feel like it's been like women have been dissuaded from using anything down there, right? Yeah, um, and chime in, Cass, whenever you want to. Yeah. I well, I think I think the interesting thing is the whole reason that I got involved with Lady Sweet is because I was a customer turned investor turned co-founder. So when I met Therese, it was the end of last year. Um, I got back from a mental health retreat in Bali, and I was going through a very difficult time of my life. Um, transparency, I was going through a divorce that actually just got wrapped up. So my body was reacting in very scary ways um, with my health, especially down there, which I've had issues, you know, my whole life um, on and off. And when I started using the Lady Sweet products, I could not believe how quickly I was seeing results down there and it was actually impacting my like mental health and confidence tremendously. And, you know, when me and Therese kind of started chatting more just on what my position or role could be at Lady Suite, you know, we kind of realized that the stars truly aligned because our same mission work with women empowerment and sustainability and like wellness, women's health, all of these areas that we're so passionate about, like we could really team up. And even though I'm not, I don't have the medical background or the beauty background, I do own a creative agency so I can bring that color and flavor and connections to the table to kind of help us build this community further. Yeah. I mean, I love, and that's what I loved about our partnership. It was very organic. It wasn't like a she saw the opportunity, of course, that the industry presents. It's like the fastest growing category right now in this space. Um, the last to be disrupted, I think, is sexual health and intimate care. 
because it's finally women taking control of it. It's not like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, like, you know, like looking at just profit. Um, and so it was just a nice thing to be able to really have those conversations and decision-making um, conversations that are based in real, like with real understanding and real empathy and compassion. Um, I think if you have a full bush, I'll just say it, you probably don't know you need um, skincare and, and I'm not saying you do. So I don't want this to be like, we've exploited some issues and now everyone needs this. It, it really isn't like that. It's, um, it's, but I do believe in this day and age, we better have a fucking solution you know what I mean? Like for something like we shouldn't have to just be put on steroids and we shouldn't have to just do nothing. But I think here's the issue with, with feminine care. And I'll just say feminine care because that's what it's typically been called. OBGYN say do nothing because the catch-all term for this area is vagina. And the vagina is not your external parts. Your vagina is your internal inside parts, which sometimes needs something depending on what you're, what's happening. But so there, typically there's been douches. I always say whoever invented the douche was probably a douche bag um, because it was done so poorly. Um, some people might need them, but the, the actual um, formula itself has been compromised with a lot of fragrance and it's been under the guise of you smell, how dare you smell like a vagina, right? Um, so a lot of OB guides or guides, and I know this just because my mom's in that world, um, have always said, you know, use Cetaphil or do nothing, but, or use water, but water doesn't always work for ingrowns or discoloration or labia pain or rashes or lesion sclerosis, or, you know, there's so many things that can, can happen. Um, so that old, like I call it, it's not progressive anymore thinking, um, doesn't work for every woman, but certainly if it's not fixed or broken, don't you don't have to go fix something. Uh, as women who groom, we also have created some issues down there. 71% um, of, of people choose to groom their intimate parts. Um, and so with that comes razor burn or dark spots or ingrown hairs that feel like golf balls sometimes. Um, and then things are more visible. So when things are more visible, the skin is the thinnest skin. It's the most absorbent area because it's near a mucous membrane. So that kind of exposure also can lead to friction and pain. And, and then we hit perimenopause, menopause, and then that's when the skin starts to degrade. But unfortunately, because of high stress levels and lifestyle choices, medications, whatever, those issues aren't just for 45 plus, they're happening in 20s plus. So there was this whole generation of women that are being missed um, because there's more menopause, menopause, menopause brands, but not necessarily brands talking to a variety of different women and people. Yes, you saw a need and, and created something that is for the people that, you know, that's, that's entrepreneurship, right? The gap in the market. I love that. And I love the conversation that is unfolding because of it, just even from advocacy for women and women's empowerment which actually has my wheels turning a little bit. So I feel like half being a client or a customer to investor to then in co-founder is first, that's like, that's not a testament to the products. I don't know actually what is because that, I mean, that's, that's a true testament, right? If something works so much that you then want to get involved on not just an investor level, like actually on the grassroots, like let's get this product out there to the masses. Let's change the conversation. I think that 
is huge. So what my question though is for you, because when you get into a dynamic of two women in, in partnership, how do you guys navigate that? Because I feel like from there's this kind of conversation around that women tend to be catty and not supportive of each other, which I think we're on like a whole new paradigm that we're moving into where women are actually truly starting to support women. But I would just love to know how you guys navigate a partnership in that way and continuously supporting each other. Cause I can see 100% from this vantage point that it is a match made in heaven. Well, I get, I can answer that. You know, this is my third partnership. Um, and my first two were, well, one was a colossal failure and one was like a, like, I didn't know it was coming failure. Um, so if anyone was like a cat in the corner, it was me like with my paws out and afraid of, of partnering. But I also think the biggest lessons come in, in partnership. And I think when you're in business, like, I don't remember, I went to business school. Like, I don't remember if anyone did or didn't, but like everything was about group work and you know, um, and since, and I was an athlete growing up and yeah, I mean, I, I did take the, the star lead sometimes, but I was only as good as my weakest link. And, and at, when it came to actually pushing and shoving and winning and winning the season or something, you can win a game, but like doing that all by yourself sucks. And so I just have always been, um, pro partnership, but there's certainly been women in my life, family included that haven't always been kind. And I'm sure, looking through their filters, I might not have been kind or doing the exact thing they wanted me to do. I think what makes this work is two things. One, Cass is incredibly intelligent and incredibly, not just intelligent with her brain, but in heart and emotionally intelligent. Um, and so that goes a long way. We're able to navigate not just the thing at hand, but also like, how are we feeling? And she asked those questions or, Hey, T, she calls me T. What do you think about that? It's, it's very collaborative, but if, but I also have had enough experience when, and it's not like put our egos in check when I don't know something or I don't care enough about like, it's, there's so much to do. Like let someone who's good at that shine. Doesn't have to be you shining at everything. That's harder. Like, it makes you shine. It like kind of dims your light on everything. So those are the things that really speak to me. She's just brilliant at what she does. A collaborative person. She's built that at her own company. She's involved in social impact, which is really important. She walks her pillars. Oh, thanks, Kate. And yeah, I can jump in here. You know, obviously, Lady Sweet is Teresa's dream and vision. And I'm here to, you know, I really love leading from behind. So how, however I can support her dreams coming true is how I kind of insert myself into the company. And like I said, I'm not an expert in a lot of these areas, but I know creative, I know brand, I know marketing and I know people. So that's really helped us just like connect the dots and kind of push forward on this next phase of growth for the company. And yeah, I think that, you know, like I said, the stars aligned when I met Therese, we have so many synergies and we really kind of carry that yin and yang energy where we're really balancing in different areas, but we stay in our lane and focus on what we um, are both good at, but also collaborate really well together. So I'm like, I just don't think you can do it if you're not taking inventory on yourself and have a sense of self-awareness. That's the scariest thing is when, you know, somebody does not have self-awareness. I've, I've been in those 
you know, partnerships or like your typical type of narcissist type of behavior, which I think a lot of leaders tend to have, but it's a matter of like balancing, you know, these things that make you so like, I would say your biggest strength can also work against you and be your shadow of biggest weakness. And, you know, both of us like are working toward being better. Like we're not perfect, but you know, she's checks herself into wellness retreats treats. And I'm always kind you know, trying to like unearth, you know, through therapy or meditation or prayer or whatever that is, is this connection to something bigger than ourselves to guide our inner selves. And it sounds probably cheesy to some, but like, I look for that in people because I need people on that to surround me who's on that similar plane, because if this is all there is, then that sucks. Like, this is all I'm going to do get in terms of my self-improvement. That sucks for me. Yeah. And I think especially the brand as well, it's like, we have to come in with that position of being open and, you know, taking in feedback from all areas, you know, whether it's feedbacks from investors or advisors all the way down to our customers, retailers and whatnot, we really have to come into these conversations that is such a vulnerable topic. And a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about this. We love having conversations like this, but we can't, we have to come in because everybody's on different journeys. Um, and, you know, a lot of people aren't educated in these areas too. So we have to come in from that like humble, compassionate standpoint of empathy because everybody has different experiences down there from age ranges to, you know, traumas to, traumas. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like open communication and a growth mindset is truly the, the secret to a, a thriving partnership as you're, you're growing lady sweet. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So question, because we're in like, we're literally in the thick of females stepping into, you know, creating more wealth and like leading the charge in, in companies. So I kind of have a question for people who are listening that are, you know, considering starting a company, they have a startup that they're wanting to delve into. What do you think is the biggest challenge that you've faced in terms of fundraising and what have you done to navigate it so that people can, that are listening, that they can learn from the things that you've experienced and take that into their journey? I mean, I think I'll just speak for myself first um, because Cass came in later. So, you know, I, I've heard two schools of thought and I chose one of them and for, for some personal and some business reasons. So one is you get as far as you can go and then you raise. And the other one is you raise out the gate, you sell them the dream, you lose more of your company and then you go. I had an experience in my last where it was more of the latter where like I basically raised that money out the gate 
gave someone a lot of control um, for better or for worse. I didn't know what I was doing um, as much back then. Um, and it worked against me. It worked against me for a few reasons. One, we weren't aligned, like I think me and Cass are, um, for better or for worse. I'm not saying this is that person's fault. Um, they were just being who they were. Um, two, our visions were like, we weren't aligned. Our visions were different um, at, toward the middle part. Um, and then he who has money tends to have the power. And that was sort of what I took on as my, um, that just shows you that I didn't value what I had and I didn't value what I brought. Um, and I always thought, well, who, whoever puts in the money gets to make all the decisions. And, and that might be true depending on what you signed and the contract you signed, but it was a sign of my own self-worth issues of like this when something comes easy for a woman, and I don't mean easy in that it's everything's easy, but when your ideas and your things that you're bringing to the table are part of this like cool talent or this thing you bring, a lot of women don't value it, um, including myself. And so then you let somebody else place a value on it. So that was my experience the first time. This brand, I really wanted to own the vision. I really wanted to see how far it could go. I didn't know if it was a concept that would work. Um, and so I didn't start looking for money for a couple years after we launched. So I think that's, that makes it harder too, because now you're held to your pro forma, you're held to, there's, you can't really sell the dream as easily anymore. Um, and we didn't launch five products at once. We launched one at a time because of cash flow and inventory. So I think, you know, as a long story short, you really need to understand what you're trying to achieve. I have friends that are like, I just want to build a company and sell it, you know, and then they, and now it's a matter of like, is it a good idea? Can it scale? Um, you know, and, and just getting that bigger money involved. I wanted to build a, a brand that obviously can scale and make money, but I really want it's purpose driven. It needs to help women. It needs to give back. And so part of that is like finding the investors that align with your mission. Um, and so that's been, the challenge is the subject matter. Um, and it's also the fact that only 2.3% of institutional money are given to women, let alone women of color. Um, so minority women, but women of like, you know, African-American women get less. So we're still up against, you know, a broken system when it comes to women in business and women raising. Absolutely. So many changes have to come into, like just need to happen in order to shift the, the tides for women in that regard. So basically what I'm hearing then is it's got, you can go two ways, build with the end in mind, or you can build a purpose mission driven company. And if you're coming from that end, it almost sounds that though, like it's, it's better to hold control in, in the beginning by growing slowly and keeping more control versus giving it out to investor relations. But Potentially, if you're navigating the other direction, if you own your worth and your talent, you could probably navigate that a little bit differently without having to give over so much of the decision-making power, potentially. Yeah, those are just my two perceptions of my own experience, but I think there is a combination that can happen. And I think, you know, working with smarter attorneys that work for you instead of against you, um, you know, being more conscious of the, I just didn't know. I didn't, I never really um, had a lot of money training, let alone contracts and this system that is capital raising because VC is different than angels. And so there was a lot of learning while doing it. 
Um, and I think that's just, unfortunately for so many women, it's just how you do it. You just kind of learn as you go. So I know women that have multiple companies by now um, because the first ones may not have been exactly what they wanted because it was under the guise of a bad contract or whatever, but you just learn as you go sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes though naivety works in your advantage though, right? Because when you think about like, if you can get too much in your logical brain, if you follow the, how things are supposed to be done. And when you show up in the power of an idea and just pursue your vision, I think sometimes it's, you're able to get further in certain contexts because you're not having the, oh, this isn't how you do it, driving like each step that you're taking. Yeah, I think perceptions, everything, you know, and these conversations that we've been navigating through, you know, sometimes we get feedback that's so, you know, tunnel vision, and then we're spinning our wheels and redoing our deck a million times and, you know, conforming to make this one person happy. And then you fall in that people pleasing mindset. And the next thing you know, we're looking at each other. We're like, we just wasted two weeks on this. Like we should have trusted our intuition, knew this wasn't a right fit and moved on. So I think we're being a lot smarter on just like, there's only so much time in the day. And it's like, if you trust your intuition, if that energy feels good, and if they're asking the right questions and they believe in you and there's purpose behind the conversation, then that's when we advance forward. So just you know, trusting your gut and not wasting time too, because I think that's where a lot of um, companies suffer and fail is because their focus is so distracted in the wrong things. And then next thing you know, you run out of time and money. So. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I love that you said trust your intuition, because I feel like that is an integral piece of building a company. And you, if you really look at a lot of the the companies that have turned unicorn status, that is a common theme that you will hear the founders saying always is that it was, they just consistently listened to their intuition each step going forward. Even when people were like, no, you're absolutely wrong. You're crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. and like, nope. My intuition is telling me, and I can just feel this on this gut level, which is a superpower for women because women tend to be super tapped into that power. So ladies that are listening, that are getting ready to like dive into this company building, you know, startup world, listen to that superpower that you have. Yeah. And I, yeah, I can bet for that. I own a few companies and one of them is eight years old. And, you know, I think about the journey of the agency I built in the beginning to where we are now. And a lot of the I hate to say regrets, but some of the bad decisions that I've made, which needed to happen because that's what grew me to where I am today. But, you know, it's not trusting your intuition and that, you know, that if you have that gift, you have to follow it unless, you know, you can fail and suffer and repeat the same pattern. So learning to trust that is just a huge part of growth and development. Yeah, so, so true. So I have to ask sort of this, like, I don't know if it's a funny question, but how do you guys handle when you're in and you're pitching to a group of men and you're, you're having to throw out this terminology, right? So do you get, do any of them make like rude comments, make weird faces? Like, let's just talk about how are we navigating this conversation within a room full of men that you're asking, like when you're pitching for money? Yeah, I mean, I think at the, yeah, they make weird faces, they blush, they're like, my wife would probably like, you know, 
it's always about the wives um, or who knows. Um, but I think what I've learned over the years is, you know, you want to bring comfort to people. This is, you've been, I've been at this a long time, but it doesn't mean they are. And so we have to respect the fact that this is probably a different subject matter for, for people or investor, male investors too. So I used to just open with it and just be all out with these. And now it's more analogies or it's, um, starting with like the market and like the viability and the increases that happen or some of the acquisitions that are happening in the, in the world. So there was like, okay, yeah, I can see that this is a, a category or a market that's like happening um, and growing before I even get into the terminology. Like we don't really say vagina or vulva a million times. Um, that's something I used to probably do too. Well, I'm not apologizing for it. I should be able to do it, but it's just that ears weren't ready for it and they probably still aren't in some cases. So we've learned to fine tune depending on our audience and making it comfortable for everyone. I feel like that's good advice, right? Cause you have to sort of learn, learn to talk to your, like you have to learn to play to your audience and kind of ease them into it. And for some reason, I know this is probably totally inappropriate, but all I keep thinking about is Jerry Seinfeld episode. I feel like you guys could have that in a clip in your pitch deck. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. There's a lot of twitching in, in that room. Um, but, you know, it's it's even like how Cass was saying earlier, like listening to our audience and um, because, a you know, we don't really market to teens, but that's, some of that comes up because we have moms with, with daughters or whatever. But, you know, when you're your teens, 20s, it's a very different world than it was when my mom was in her teens and 20s and how she is now. So, like, being that my mom's a labor delivery nurse, you would think she could say these terms in front of me she still can't and I I was in a room um training an account with like 100 people and I asked them like how many of you have been in a gynecological exam where your doctor like pointed out all of your parts to you and walked you through the outside too and like one person raised her hand so if like our own health practitioners aren't teaching it then I don't expect us to know it um as easily and so I think it's it's that kind of thing like it's a necessary evil to know your body and to really understand um and it can turn from a scary thing really fat quickly to an empowering thing with the right education and the right tone and the right voice because I think the old way was if you do this you're gonna get knocked up and then you're gonna get AIDS and now it's it was like out of sight out of mind don't touch, don't feel, don't, you know, masturbations for sinners. And like, it's, I mean, that, these are the things I, I was, I taught, was taught. Um, so being able to re-educate the miseducated has, is a really big part of what makes me passionate about this. And I think what's been refreshing in a lot of our conversations too, is turning the men into allies because they're asking the right questions and they're, you know, curious and wanting to learn about you know, their wife's issues or whatever comes to the table. So it's like, we're kind of helping be that bridge so they can understand, you know, why my wife not want to have sex, you know, right now there's all these issues that impact us because we've walked the walk and it's important for them to understand um, that dynamic too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I feel like it's, you know, for the most part, men actually, when empowered with true education, they actually desire to be helpful. It's just when there's this big wall that's been put between and no one understands. And so opening up and creating a comfortable 
conversation is huge for, for both parties, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can change relationships in a second when something's wrong down there. Um, and men can take it personally if there's no, if there's not the ability to voice what's happening or you're nervous or you don't know how to voice what's happening, then I think people can get their feelings hurt and make it about, you know, them. Um, so in sex and intimacy, like they say communication is key, um, right? But it's also like, what am I going through? Like what is happening? And being able to um, also know you're not alone and then being able to communicate that to your, your health expert, because it's hard for even women to kind of say, hey, doc, here's what else, here's what's going on. Not everyone has the ability to do that. They just want to get in, get out, and then they take it home and nothing solved. So I think it's like such an important thing to know your know yourself because and be your own advocate, especially in medical situations where there's only only so much time they have to be your advocate. Yeah, absolutely. So education even is like a, a further step behind the communication because you don't even know what to communicate if you're not fully educated on it. So it's it's a grassroots level movement that you are leading. I I, I see that from in a big, big way. So it, this is a, a big undertaking that you are, are taking on. So for both of you, I have to ask, there had to have been along this journey, someone that's impacted you, whether it was a mentor or a, a friend, somebody who's been a super expander in your life. So I'd love to hear a super expander story from each of you. I'm grateful. I have many, many amazing mentors, but the one that's really transformed my life specifically over the last year is my therapist, um, Jean-Claude Chalmay, who owns a retreat in Bali called The Place Retreats. And a year ago, actually, around this time, I walked in there diagnosed with burnout. I disassoci disassociated. Um, what ha was having out-of-body scary experiences that you know, I've been on this healing journey for many, many years, but I really don't think it actually started happening until about a year ago when I was there. And, you know, JC and his team and Bali really took me under their wing this year and, you know, gave me the courage to like leave my marriage that just wasn't suiting, you know, neither mine or my ex-husband at the time. And, really, you know, went back to the roots and understood my generational patterns that I've been carrying, you know, that, you know, kick up in business and friendships and family relationships and whatnot, and really learning how to love myself and refine my purpose and passion in life. And ever since that happened, a lot of um, situations like the one that me and Teresa are in have kind of manifested. So I'm just super grateful for the journey, you know, over the last year and being able to come out on the other side during like a painful situation. They never prepare you for your book of life when it starts getting ripped apart and having to start rebuild again. So. Uh, so many things inside of that story. First, the, just thank you for sharing so vulnerably and transparently because it's a, it's a big thing to go through really when you start going through the work and start identifying generational patterns that you are breaking it is really deep and scary kind of work that you start unearthing and it's like really shapes basically your whole entire identity and there's this rebuilding that happens from that place 
And I feel like the fact that you pointed out that there's a direct connection to business is huge mm-hmm. for everyone listening is that I, spe- I, mean, I think entrepreneurship is the biggest mirror for the inner work that we have to address because otherwise, every time you come up against a problem, which entrepreneurship truly is just solving problems, we keep repeating these patterns and, and taking them personally and our growth is stunted in business in a direct correlation to the work that we need to do internally. A hundred percent. And I think that me facing this healing, healing journey straight on and taking responsibility for my actions and behaviors and trying to unwind the patterns, but also understand why I react sometimes the way I do or why certain people trigger me because it reminds me of, you know, my parents or grandparents or whatever. It's natural, but we all experience that, but we have to take responsibility because those reactions impact everyone around us. So absolutely. So powerful. I don't have this, like what there, there are three things that come to mind, but I'll keep them short. One was the book by Louise Hay called You Can Heal Your Life that found me and when I was like 24 and that, I think that book finds you when you need to so that was the first time I was like oh oh you know and understood that kind of what Casta said is like I'm creating these situations and I'm I can shift my energy I can't control what happened or change the past but I can certainly you know change the way I look at things and perceive things um so that's made me a better person um, the second one was when a doctor told me if I had a penis, someone that this would be figured out by now. And it was the first time where I was like, oh shit, women's health, it gets a backseat. And then it opened my eyes up to the inequities in, in women's health, which is, which are not going away. We're going backwards in politics. We're going backwards in accessibility, um, and the ability to afford better care, Um, So that's a big proponent of, you know, something that we want to get more involved in as this brand's able to impact. Um, And then I think the third one is my, my known, like my scientific mentor. He's become a father to me. Um, He's the one that helped me diagnose my thyroid condition. He's um, the one that has shown me like that health is the number one thing. He's like, I didn't believe in God until I studied the microbiome and, um, so it reminds me of this important, and, and by the way, I'm so not perfect at this, but the importance of your health and not just your physical health, but it's so intertwined, your emotional, your physical, um, your, you know, your mindset every day, the choices you make um, really affect the way you do business. Um, so, I, and like I said, it's, it's the hardest thing sometimes um, because I think we're like, women tend to be, I'm a multitasker. I do everything. And it's like, how do you do it all? Even the interviews that women ask each other, like, how do you do it all? And it's like, I fucking don't do it all. I can only do like one thing at a time, but I'm going to tell you I'm doing it all, but I'm not. Um, And I think it's just being comfortable with uh, putting boundaries up and boundaries are a big deal for, for women. And it's hard. And it's a very hard thing for me personally to be able to do easily. Oh goodness, you're preaching to the choir. Boundaries will will really truly save you, I think, and create that coherence between your heart 
your brain and your gut, which I mean, your gut truly, you know, it's the third brain. So super important and your skin being the first barrier. So I feel like all the things are, are happening here with, with all of this. <laughs> Boundaries <laughs> is self-care. Like that is how we protect ourselves. Um, so Shifting the mindset on that is huge too, because a lot of people think of boundaries as like, oh, I'm cutting you out like X, Y, and Z. And then, but at the other end, it's actually, you're protecting each party. Yeah. 100%. I think when you start to reframe in that direction, it actually, you're, it's a, you're doing a service to others when you implement your own boundaries, because otherwise then everybody's feelings end up getting hurt in the, in the long run and help also. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, circle, my circle these days isn't a circle. It's a line. I keep my world really small. Like I know a lot of people and I appreciate so many people, but I have to like really keep it small because, and I'm doing a disservice to everyone. And I'm more of an introvert extrovert. I can come out for two days, but then I need like five days to recharge. And where my husband's the opposite. He's like, can go out for six months and come back for one hour. Um, (laughs) You know, and so I think it's just important. It's so important, now, especially like I'm in my forties now. I don't have the same energies I had in my twenties and thirties. I don't even have the same um, reasons for doing things. Um, so I have to like really protect my heart, my head, my energy, my, you know, you know, like your peace. I always say that protect your peace. You really have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most important thing. It's, I love how you just highlighted that because we do have seasons, right? I mean, each decade of our life I think there's a certain focus on things and as we evolve and change and the things our priorities shift and change your energy does and your output does and all of that it's you just have to consistently reassess and recalibrate as you grow and and change so Mm -hmm. so many words of, of wisdom tucked inside this podcast I'm so excited that you guys are here and been able to share your time and space. It's I know having a startup is well, you guys are more than just a startup. You're an established company, but you know, it's a lot of a lot of work and your time is very precious. So a couple questions. One, as people are listening here, how exactly can they get a hold of their products? How can they get in on the lady suite line of products? What's the best way? I mean, online is probably the easiest way. Um, we're at ladysweet.com and it's lady and then sweet is S-U-I-T-E.com. Um, and we're also in some like um, influential drawers like revolve.com. We're at the detox market. Um, so, but I think our, our website's probably the easiest way to learn more and, and read about it. We have some great blogs too that are educational. Um, our Instagram is a great resource too for more education. Um, at ladysweet underscore beauty. Um, so we like to do a lot of, um, you know, education for sure. Um, and that's something that we're committed to more this year, especially when we get funding. And we have lots of plans to connect our community with more experts as well. Yeah, and we, we actually just had a new product launch this week. It's our Intimate Serum, which is incredible. So highly recommend. Yeah. Oh, so I have to ask that. So in the, 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 the product suite that you have, yeah. if someone's like, what's the best starting point? Would that be it? Would that be the... the- well, if, you'll, if, if your starting point is just want more, like more fun, slippery sex, <laughs> that's also great for discomfort, things like vaginismus or entry issues. Um, 
This is a great more fun slippery slippery sets. I mean, (laughs) I I like it for all sorts of things, including I'll just say it blowjobs, they make them easier and more fun. Um, so yeah, that that would be a good starting point. But if you're someone that is feeling just a little off in general down there, like sometimes pH, pH is like you can blink and your pH gets thrown off, like the wrong underwear, um, the wrong product, um, sex, um, the jacuzzi. Um, so if you're someone that just needs a little bit like, oh, I'm just not feeling, I'm feeling dry or itchy, our, our postbiotic cleanser, um, this is a cleanser that is for the external area. It's, it's becoming one of our flagships along with our original launch product, with, which is our rejuvenating oil, which is really all about replenishing the skin with essential fatty acids and the components it needs to maintain moisture. And it's a very soothing product. This will kind of help maintain that pH and just bring some comfort back to an area that's just been thrown off by something. Mm. So you, you guys have got to go check it out. The packaging is gorgeous. So even if you just, it's to have and, and look at it so pretty. <laughs> and you can use like the oil, for example, like this is an amazing oil on the face. This because it hasn't, doesn't have water in it. So there's doesn't affect pH. Um, but this is an oil you can use everywhere. We have women that want it in eight ounce sizes because they just put it everywhere. Um, it's very soothing. I'll just say it, it's anti-aging, but we don't really say anti-aging in this area. It's really more about protecting the skin's ability to repair itself. Oh, anti-aging. A lot of <laughs> I know we hear that. We're like, that. Yes. <laughs> I'll take 10 bottles now. <laughs> okay. So anybody that might be listening that also is like, wait, hold on. How can I invest? You guys are, are you know, taking, you're like in a fundraise right now. So how might they get curious and, and potentially have a conversation about that? I mean, we will give, we will slap our numbers on a billboard. Um, Really, we have, we're we're in some cool conversations right now with some really cool people that would add a lot to the brand. Um, But obviously we're looking for more um, angels, more early stage institutional investors. Um, You know, this is a, a fun time right now where we are looking for people to come in and help shape um, and add to what is already here. Um, so you don't have to be fully hands-on, but it's nice when, you know, an investor can bring something to the table, but we're in our seed round. We're raising 1.5 million. We hope to close that, you know, by the end of the year, beginning of next year. Um, and so, but it's attracting some really cool people and really um, people that really care and care about not just intimate health, but mental health, you know, and um, so that's exciting for us. Super exciting. Okay, so I love to kind of wind it down with words of wisdom. So if for the for the ladies, for the people listening who are thinking, oh, I really am ready to dive in and start creating the vision and dream that I have had, how like what sort of wisdom would you have? If you could just like sum it up into like one little juicy nugget, what would it be? You get two because there's two of you here. So we get two juicy two juicy nuggets of wisdom here. I think I'm going to go back to trusting your intuition and don't let anyone dim your light. Uh, That's something that I've navigated through the years at past jobs and companies and, you know, within my own team. Um, And we know what we're good at and we have to stand in our power and trust that and don't let anybody knock you down out of the way. 
Mine is what? Okay. And the money thing is one thing, but I always say, name your baby. It doesn't matter if it's the brand, if it ends up being the brand name. Cause I feel like when you name it, you'll actually respect it and you'll start, it'll become part of your daily peripheral. And like, you'll be able to envision things better. So I always say, name your, name it, name your baby. And like the things, like some things start to follow that, which becomes really cool. It's like, it's personified finally. Ah, I love that. Great advice from both of you. This has been such a dynamic and fun conversation. So grateful for you taking the time out to come and, and have the conversation and just share all things about yourself and Lady Sweet. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, this has been wonderful. I will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.